check, check. Mic check. Welcome, everybody. Thursday, February 26th, 2015. Fly Race and Moto 60 Show presented by NFAB. It's one hour where we take your calls about the sport of Supercross, Motocross. And, uh, and then we have some guests on, some smart guys, smarter than guys than me. Jason Wygant, Jason Thomas joining us today on Lunch Hour. And uh, 702-586-7857. Give us a call. Let us know what you want to think, what you think of uh, Atlanta 2, what you think of Atlanta 1, uh, what you think about Filthy Phil Nicoletti, what you think about Mitchell Oldenburg, whatever, whatever's on your mind, bro. Fly Race's light hydrogen gear has revolutionized the world of lightweight racing apparel inspired by Canard and Short. The light hydrogen line has been fine-tuned over the past four years to set the standard what athletes expect at a race where, unlike some of the other stuff on the market that, that uh, is lightweight, the Fly Racing Hydrogen line has kept all the premium features like zipper lock, patented 2D buckle system, uh, flyracing.com. Follow them on social media at flyracingusa. And, of course, NFAB. Dress up your Jeep, truck, or SUV with the hottest-looking, hardest-working accessories, n-fab.com. Proud guys, to, proud to have those guys on our, our show for a couple of years now, and uh, great company supporting the sport of motocross with the JGR uh, Auto Trader and Fab team of uh, Barsha, Pike, and Nicoletti. So fantastic to have those guys on board, and uh, yeah, we're looking forward to having a good show. Got some stuff to give away too: uh, Fly Mountain Bike jersey and shorts, and two tickets to Atlanta too, to courtesy of NFAB. That's right, we're giving away tickets to Atlanta too, courtesy of NFAB. Uh, I'm Steve Mathis, of course, taking your calls, producing the show, holding things down behind the scenes, uh, trying not to panic. Um, the Tits Legendary. Tits, what's up? Hi, Steve. Chad Reed, bro. Man. Chad Reed. You can never count him out. You can't. He wrote great. Yeah. He wrote fantastic. I worry. I, I feel like uh, I was listening to the Pulp Show for Monday night. Uh-huh. Um, I feel like Entic Nap really kind of hit it on the head. I worry for Reed's future. If he gets too much steam going, you know, feeling too good, he seems to have that problem where he's like right there, just top of his game, and then he gets a little over the edge, and then he crashes and hurts himself. I don't want that to happen. Spoken like a true Ryan Dungey fan who doesn't want Chad Reed to steal any of his victories away. Uh, I, I'm not worried about Dungey's chances of winning the title. Oh, you? No, I'm it's not. on lockdown. I probably probably put like. 80, 80%, 85%. Yeah, yeah. I feel pretty good about it. I do, too. I'd put money I, I on w- it. I would, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I would, too. 25 points right now right. with Kenny Roxon and Eli Tomac's uh, poopy uh, um, Atlanta 1 races. And now Fly Racing Strike and Art in second place. Yeah, second place. That's pretty good. Chad Reed, though. 
Pretty crazy. I, I at the beginning of the race, I thought Dungey was going to catch him because that's what every week Dungey's been fashioning. You know, I didn't have it. He's been mm-hmm. good at passing, but he just couldn't do it. Couldn't I thought. Do it. I thought at one point Canard was going to get him. Canard was coming. He was coming. He that's was true. He was coming. Roll. Fastest lap time of the night for him too for Trey Canard. Uh, the Fly Mountain Bike Jersey and Shorts. We can both attest to the um, phenomenal quality of this. I use them every time I ride, and I love them. Uh, we're going to give away. Um, you know what? Um, Talk about Ryan Dungey some more. Let me look and see what what, what we're giving away. <laughs> uh, I'll actually talk about the fly stuff because I actually know oh, a little action, bit more sorry, about action that. Action mountain bike jersey and hydrogen mountain bike short. Hydrogen mountain bike the, short. The hydrogen okay. short is the one with the with the liner inside of it. Right. I believe. I use that. Yeah. Very good. Um, you know what else they have that I didn't realize it until like last week is uh, stuff for snow. Like if you go snowmobiling and stuff like that, uh-huh. uh, they got boots, they got clothes, all sorts of stuff. And I actually just ordered some for myself. Again, you Probably get it sometime next week. I'll tell you riding. I'll tell you what's underrated is the uh, fly racing uh, mountain bike helmet. I love their helmet. It's a good helmet. It's it's a it's a great helmet. It's got mm-hmm. this little ratchet thing on the back. Once mm-hmm. you put it on your head, you uh, uh, fit put on your head. You you, you you get it on there, and then you tighten this thing up slowly, and it, it, to how much pressure you want, and it makes it a totally nice fit. Lightweight. It's got a little visor on it because you got to wear a visor when you're mountain biking. You cannot wear a road helmet. Um, so uh, yeah, flyracing.com. Great stuff. Uh, looking forward to having JT and Jason Wygant on here to talk about Atlanta too. Uh, what about the attendance at Atlanta? If you, uh, if you were at Atlanta, if you're from, uh, the Georgia area, call in and let us know what you thought of that. And if you think this weekend's going to be any better. Um, so definitely, uh, something to talk about there. We've never done back to back Atlanta. So it's going to be interesting to see what we got. First caller up Seth, Seth, what's up, man? Seth Rowe. Hello. Hi, Seth. How are you guys doing? Good. What's up, man? What's on your mind? Oh, not too much. I was just thinking about the uh, the points chase and how it's coming down, and we've seen huge mistakes from Rocks in more, mm-hmm. more than one race this year. Yeah. Um, Kennard, Kennard looked pretty good other than his – I think he's had one bad race, right? Yeah. Yeah, Trey, uh, Trey had it. Well, he's had a couple of them, but uh... – yeah, one uh, couple, couple so so, but only one pretty far back. The, I think. the Phoenix one, he got eighth. Or no, Anaheim two. Uh, yeah, the, with the Reed thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I was just wondering what your your take on the rest of it was. How how you think? Because I think Kennard got the uh, the speed to outmatch anyone on the. He kind of showed that at Atlanta. Uh, yeah. So I have him as second in the points if if he can't catch Dungey. But what, well, what do you guys think about it? Yeah, he's second right now. Look, out of the top four guys. If there's one guy that's shown the ability to move through the pack and move forward, it's been Trey. Like, you really haven't seen Roxon do it too much. You know, as far as catching and passing the big four guys, and the big four, Dungey, Kennard, Roxon, Tomac, that's the big four guys. Generally speaking, Dungey, Roxon, Tomac, they kind of finish where they start. They may make a pass here or two, but Kennard on multiple occasions has come from outside the top ten to grab a great finish and pass one of those four guys. At some point, Trey's got the balls out speed that maybe the other guys don't have. Um, he's also made some mistakes that the other guys don't have, which often isn't a coincidence. So I've, I'm with you, man. Like he's kind of trying not to do crazy stuff. He's got two, po- uh, three podiums in a row now. Um, four out of the last five, he's been on the box. So I could see him holding second for sure. I mean, you know, I, Roxon right now, I'm I'm perplexed. I just I never thought he would make one big mistake. Never mind three now uh, by Kenny Roxon in, in in these races. And so maybe he's a bit rattled. You know, maybe I, I don't know. Maybe Trey's surging up and and uh, Roxon surging down. But 
Yeah, definitely. Yeah, do, you, do you yeah. think Roxon's just he's just pushing that much harder to try and get to the front? Because you think well, he's feeling the pressure of being back in the points now after starting off so hot? Well, it'll see. We'll see what happens. I mean, now because now starting now with Atlanta two is the first time Kenny's really been in any sort of deficit. I mean, he was sort of trailing Dungey before, but it wasn't a big worry. He always, I'm sure, he and his camp and his team always felt like they had Dungey covered, and so it wasn't a big deal. But now. Now he has to win. His margin of error is getting pretty small, so he has to win. So we may see him stepping it up uh, this weekend in Atlanta, too. So thanks, Seth. Good call, man. Thank you. Hey, would I be able to go to Atlanta, too? Mm, It's up to Tits. What do you think, Tits? Let's leave him on hold. Leave him on hold? And we'll we'll gauge the rest of the calls, and we'll kind of go from there. I I like that he's calling ahead because I'm a fan of asking for things. No, you Um, know what? He was the first caller. Let's That's give true. it to him. Let's give all it right, to him. All right, all right. Yeah, you're the boss, man. Don't be so. Thank m- you guys don't, very much. Don't, don't be so mean. This is NFAB. Do you have a Do you have a truck, <laughs> Seth? Uh, I do. I have a I have a Ford Ranger. <laughs> well, I don't know if NFAB would make anything for a Ford Ranger. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't anticipating them having too much cool stuff for a Ranger. All right. God, <laughs> God love the Rangers, though, man. They go. They went on. They lasted forever. Um, yeah, yeah. All right. Stay on hold. Uh, Tits will get your information, and they're going to send you the tickets to your house. So uh, uh, stay on hold here. They'll probably do them next day. All right. Thanks. Thanks. Thanks for calling. Uh, let's get to Chris. Chris, what's up, man? Hey, what's happening? How are you? Thanks for calling the Fly Race and Moto 60 show. Yeah, thanks, man. I just ordered up my NFAB wheel-to-wheel bars, Nerf bars this morning, man. Oh, nice. Great. Great to hear, man. Yeah, yeah great company. Great guys right. down there. So. Yeah, I had them on my Tundra before. They were awesome, man. So get another set. Sweet. Um, so a couple comments, man. So I'm happy to see Reed won. I'm not a Reed fan necessarily, and I'm First guy to bash on him, but I was happy to see him get out there and pull it off. But that dude called in last week saying he was never going to win. Oh, Harold! Like, got what a clown! What yeah. was that guy's name? Harold. Harold. I think anybody who calls in the show anymore says something just outrageously stupid mm-hmm. should be called a Harold. Yeah, not bad, right? I should have took his bet. Yeah. Um, I just, I mean, yeah, I, I, you, I mean, I said it when I said it when he called in. How can you count Chad Reed out? He got his starts. He rode good. He rode clean. He did get a little bit of help in the fact that Nicoletti and Pike were two and three for a little bit, uh, and he was quadding that thing at the end of the uh, at the end of the whoops. But look, he earned it, man. He uh, absolutely he did. rode he did. flawless race. So, um, yeah. yeah, I was at the race. He he definitely had like in the pits. Definitely the longest line. Popular dude. So, oh yeah. Why, why don't there, why man. don't you like Chad? What's what happened? What what? what? I did. <laughs> He's a nice guy. The guy works hard. He does yeah, everything. But yeah. I mean, I mean, just even the, he always used to complain about this and that. He's a good dude. I don't want to bash on him, but like when he punted Grant off the corner a few weeks ago, yeah, I just just blew. It was awful. It was awful. It was <laughs> he didn't terrible. mean. He didn't mean to do uh, it though. No, no, no. Because he said when Kennard hit him, he said he could put the bike anywhere he wants. He could put it. He could put somebody. He has the precision to be able to do that. Uh, okay. So Maybe I don't believe point. he didn't do it on purpose. It's just a couple no. weeks early, he was saying he'd do whatever he wants with the bike when he wants. So I, I hear I, what you're I, saying. I know he regretted it afterwards. Yeah. But no, there's I no... appreciate his competitive spirit, but that was ridiculous. There's man. no chance he meant to do that to Josh Grant. He's faster than Josh Grant. He can get by him, no problem. He just went he in. He, he went had in. all kinds of room. And Grant didn't do anything crazy. He didn't cut down on him. No, no, no. I don't want to regress yeah. on it. It's just it yeah. was garbage. It was terrible. <laughs> But whatever, I, I, I was going to hey, say, too, man, like, what? I was just going to say, can you imagine what Grant thought if you thought it was garbage and terrible? <laughs> Dude, and that's your boss? You're like, what are you going to say to the guy? Because he said, yeah, well, Josh wasn't too upset with me. I'm like, yeah, I'm sure he wasn't upset in the least bit. Right. Like, what's he going to say, you yeah. jerk? 
Yeah, uh, yeah, he's in a tough spot there. No, you're but right. um, so I'm gonna say here in the Atlanta area, we only get to go to one race here. Obviously, this year is two, awesome. But I just want to point out how much better the race is in person. Just be able to watch the practices. Yeah, and, like there were a couple jumps. I came home and watched it on TV after, like that triple at the far end. It was like no justice in comparison to seeing it in person. It's just so much better, man. Well, and then you know, like I, I always have to laugh because there's some media that cover these races that they don't go to them. So they just cover them what they see on TV. And there's so much more to see when you're at the races as far as who's fading, who's doing what, where somebody's making up time. You don't even know if somebody tipped over in a corner necessarily if you're watching it on TV. You know, there's there's just... Oh, yeah, see, and there's so many other good races going on the track, too. No, absolutely. You have to be. you don't get to see. Yep, no, absolutely. You, you're, you're not totally talking right. about... You're not busting on weeds right now, are you? <laughs> no, no, no. Look, I'm not... You, you, I'm, you, you, I'm taking a race off coming up here shortly. I'm just saying, like, in general, there's uh, some guys that, that, that cover it that don't really, you know, they're not there in the building. So, yeah, it's it's a different deal. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. all yeah, right. Thanks, man. So much better. Uh, all right, buddy. Thanks. Thank you. Hey, uh, the Fly Mountain Bike jersey and shorts that we're giving away, we're going to switch it up, uh, not do it for the live listeners. So I know we kind of screw you guys on the archives that listen to the archives, and we've heard your complaints. Short of Fly bucking up and giving out two pairs, of uh, shorts and, and jersey, which we don't expect them to do. They're, they're great guys, but they give away something every weekend. So what we're going to do, contest at pulpmxshow.com. Uh, just send us an email. Give us your prediction for Andrew Short's finish, Fly Racing's Andrew Short's finish, this weekend at Atlanta 2. And uh, closest guy, or if you nail it straight on, will win this uh, Fly Racing mountain bike jersey and shorts. If there's a tie, I'm going to go with the guy that emails the soonest because these things are time-stamped. And tits will be the deciding factor if there is, if there is somehow a tie between the timestamp. I'll, I'll, I'll let tits decide. But Andrew Short's finish at Atlanta two wins a fly mountain bike uh, jersey and shorts. All right. Speaking of fly, let's get our next guest on. Uh, he is uh, Jason Thomas. JT, long time no talk. Yeah, it seems like it's been uh, at least what thirty minutes. Yeah, thirty minutes or so. So, um, welcome on the show. Appreciate it. Don't forget, people. We just did an NFAB Race Rex Fantasy Moto podcast. It just hit the site. So, if you're into fantasy moto, check it out. And uh, so now JT's on the line. Uh, Andrew Shorts finished this weekend. JT, give us give us your pick. You you are not eligible to win the the mountain bike closer. I have him in fifth. Hmm. Bold, yep. bold. I Good like play. it though. Um. All right, Fly Race and Moto 60 Show presented by NFAB. Jason Thomas on the line. First of all, JT, at attendance, Atlanta 1, not that good. What do you think? For, I know, you know, they had some weather. They had some ice storms, and it was unusually cold and all that kind of stuff going on. This weekend, though, are you scared? Do you think it could be worse? I'm not scared. No, I don't really have a vested interest. So. Okay. Would you be scared if you were failed uh, promotions? <laughs> Now, I'm expecting the same exact thing. You think? Uh, you, you know, they claim, what do they claim, 50 or so? Well, that's what they said, yes. Yeah, you know, I'm, they claim 50. We said it was more like, you know, 40. What's I'm, max I'm expecting the same thing. Uh, um, I think around 40, I think it'll look, it'll look kind of empty, but the stadium holds so many people that it'll still be that 38 to 40 number. That, that's, I just think it's just going to split it down the middle. Tits just asked what maximum capacity was at Georgia Dome. I think it's somewhere about 60. It's around 70. 70, yeah, 68, 70, something like that. Yeah. Um, of course, uh, we just got emails in to the wrong email address about Shorty's finish this weekend. That goes to show what goes on here. Contest at com. people. Give us Andrew Short's finish, and you're the first guy that gets a correct fly mountain bike a jersey on shorts, or gets closest anyways. Uh, fly racing. More than just moto, bro. 
Um, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how the attendance is. Um, hey, looking at the track, it's tight. It's going to be a lot of switchbacks. There's an over-under bridge back, which I'm happy about. But, man, is it? it is not going to incur some passing. Nope, and uh, Chad has this track at his house. I've watched him and Burner and RJ Hampshire all burn laps on it, and it is tight. It's really jumpy. Uh, they don't have an over-under, but they do kind of go in between the finish line jumps, so it's the same thing. Uh, and, yeah, it, it is. It's, it's really busy, a lot of, uh, you know, really close quarter type racing. Even watching those guys do their moto, they mm-hmm. couldn't pass each other. <laughs> so on a real track with real hay bales and, and not being able to cut the track like they can do, yeah. it's going to be difficult to pass. You better get to the front on the start. Yeah, it's got the over-under bridge. It's got one set of whoops, but they look really short. On, yeah. And on-off, a couple of on-offs, one triple, um, a short start straight, the width of the stadium. Those are usually carnage. Right. And you know what happens with those whoops? I wrote about this in my column that came out today. But the, So you come out of a flat turn, and you hit you hit a short set of whoops, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a right-hand flat turn. And then you go into another mm-hmm. right-hand turn. Mm-hmm. It's nearly impossible to pass someone if, if you know what you're doing, if you're the guy in the front. Because yeah. if you go, if you stay inside, coming out of this flat turn, which... You will. Flat being, <laughs> you know, the, by the nature of it being flat, you can't really get any speed coming out of it. Right. So if you stay to the inside, then you go down the right side of the whoops, then you're back on the inside again in the next turn. There's just nothing you can do. Right. So it really, really is inhibitive to passing, and I hate that. I really hate to see when they do stuff like that. Wonder why they switch things up like that. Like, what are they? You know, they got a football stadium, but they, they, they kind of make it like a baseball one. one with the yeah, and I don't know that they plan that, but I think if somehow they could have made it, you know, come out of that flat flat right hander, go through the whoops, and then go into a left, mm-hmm. then you could be you could have an incentive to go outside in the first one and then slingshot down the left and try to beat them to the inside of the next one. Now mm-hmm. you're just screwed. Like you. You go outside, then you go outside, and you're just like, oh, okay, well, that didn't cause, you know, that didn't solve anything. <laughs> yeah, that didn't work. Hey, uh, Chad Reed, your buddy, uh, did it, did it, uh, did it again. Won Atlanta, won um, in a, in a great ride, and uh, you say he's got this track at his house. So, I mean, I, I would not be surprised to see Chad win some more races this year. Maybe not this weekend, but this could be the the spark he needs to win a few more. Well, I'd be lying if I didn't say he, at this point, I thought he would have already won one or two. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was, I don't want to say damn close at Oakland, but he had a shot. Mm-hmm. He had a shot at Oakland, and Trey was just a little bit better. Uh, but that was really the only race where I've been like, man, he, he had a chance and let it get away tonight. Mm-hmm. Atlanta was the, really the first one where I was just like, yep, you know, maybe Dungey was a little bit quicker, maybe Trey was a little bit quicker, but the start, 20 laps, you know, everything – Chad put it together and put the best total package together for 20 laps. So it'll be interesting to see where he goes with this because he thrives on confidence, definitely. Uh, He's probably the most headstrong person I've ever met. But even for him, he had to be just like, man, you know, my too old, my time passing, and then you could just see his face after the race this week, and he's just laughing like, I still can do it. You know, like I'm going to be 33 in a couple weeks, and I can still do it. So I'm I'm even curious to see what he can do with this because I don't think he's the fastest guy. I think that's not really going out on a limb to say that. But he may be the smartest guy. So can he get the start? Can he use this confidence now to just push up to another level and get in the fight? He's notoriously a um, 
a picky rider with his bike set up, tries a lot of things. If I go by his truck and see forks and shock off this weekend, I'm going to go in there and try to beat him down with the fork or shock. Because, Chad, just leave your bike. Now, oh, he will. Don't worry. He does it every weekend. Leave it alone. Although, he very, very rarely uses the, the uh, adjusters. You know, like the, yeah. the click yeah, adjusters. Yeah. Just, they make shim and spring changes and internal changes. Like they don't, they hardly ever use the the small yeah. adjusters. It's crazy to me. Yeah. I mean, it's got to it's got to drive Oscar Weirdman, the suspension guy, absolutely insane. Right, no doubt. Um, although he told us on the Pulp Show, he went full LSE with his start setup, whatever that meant. This week's start really short, so maybe maybe his start setup doesn't apply, depending on what he did. Um, you know, maybe yeah, I'd be interested to see. Um, that could be a few things. Uh, that could be. Gearing, it could be That's what I mean. uh, yeah. ECU map, um, mm-hmm. could be a, could be the tire, uh, because Alessi always, always, always goes with the most aggressive rear tire for mm-hmm. the start, no matter what. So it could have been that, um, which that would be my most likely guess. You know, if you have some options, uh, the track was crazy slippery, but maybe he just said, "Screw it, I got to get the start," so right. I'm going with you know the most straight line traction I can come up with. Yeah, um, um, but yeah, it's it's tough without him. Really, you know, he. I doubt he's going to tell you exactly what he did. Um, if it if he felt like it helped a lot, but that would be my best guess. Seven zero two five eight six pulp seven zero two five eight six seven eight five seven. Still some lines open if you want to give us a call and talk about Supercross Atlanta two coming up this weekend, uh, or as I like to say it, Atlanta two. Um, hey JT, so I don't want to harp on the black flag, but let's harp on the black flag a little bit. Um, if you give Chad from Anaheim, like he was in fifth or something when that happened, I think. If you give him 12 points, whatever you want to give him, give him 10 points. He's fourth in the points right now. Now he's a ways back a dunge, still 64 back a dunge if he gets those 10 points. But fourth in the points looks a hell of a lot better than seventh in the points if you're Chad Reed. And uh, so I wonder, he doesn't care about fourth or, or all that, but it's a better look. Now, I know he's talked about getting lawyers involved and this and that into this black flag thing, and I still don't really know what he's trying to accomplish with this. Do you think he ever gets any points back? No, I definitely don't. Do you think he uh, cares about being fourth in the points? If, cause I, I think he does because I brought it up to him right after the main event. I was kind of going through my notes to prepare for stuff this week, actually, because I was just sitting around, and I said, you, you know, you're only four or five points out of fourth here. Mm-hmm. Um, he's like, how is that even possible? And I'm like, well, you know, you're you're seventh or eighth, but it's it's yeah. a you know it's a huge jumble up here. Um, he's like, oh man, you know that's that's cool. And then he's like, how many am I in the lead? And obviously it was a, it was a much bigger number, but he cares for sure. I think uh, especially with the the Tomac thing, he would love to be in front of Tomac in points. I could I could almost guarantee you that. Yeah, well, he's five back right now. Right. So I just and th- honestly. The way things are going, Roxing throwing it away. Uh, Trey hasn't been that consistent. He's been pretty good, but not. You know, he has a tendency to to make a mistake here or there. Mm -hmm. And Dunge is really the guy. If Dungey threw it away, this thing's totally different. There's a three way fight for the lead, and Mm -hmm. then these other guys aren't that far back. You know, it's really they're praying for a big mistake from Dungey. If that happens. Oh, it's on. I'm telling you right now, the whole series changes if, if Dungey has a DNF or, or crashes out. Yeah, although I don't, I don't like those odds. Tits is shaking. I don't head. either. Tits I don't crying. either. You know, I was even telling some people this weekend, if you had one guy that you would say, I really, really, really don't want to depend on a mistake from him, who would it be? 
and my first pick would be Dungy. My second pe- person would be Chad. Right. Um, you know, those are the two guys that I feel I can control a situation and manage races, and, and, and unfortunately, and he, one of them has a big lead. And and I mean, obviously, uh, Chad getting the black flag and losing his points there. You can do the math on that one. It's it's pretty easy to say that because Chad right now he has zero points from Anaheim too. Right. So you can you can do the math on that one. But even if you want to extrapolate this a little further, Kennard uh, finished eleventh. He probably would have got a podium. He was on the move at A two. Oh yeah. And no so doubt. you give Chad or you give Trey twelve more points, and now he's uh, just over at least twelve back or so of of the Dunge, thirteen back of Dunge. Right. So now right. that move at Anaheim two that changed. A lot of things for a lot of people. It does. And, you know, in the, you know, the funny thing at the time, people were just like, oh, it doesn't matter, you know, whatever, who cares? And I was like, no, no, you know, things happen, guys. This is the, the third race or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. So much goes on, especially, you know, when there's not that dominant force like Vilpoto. And, you know, Dungy may take offense to that, but Vilpoto won four titles in a row, and Dungy didn't. So there wasn't a dominant, dominant force. So things happen. It was completely up for grabs, and and we've seen such, uh, you know, just a variety of things go on as far as points going here and there. So it's way too early to just say, oh, it doesn't matter. Yeah. And obviously, it looks like it mattered much more for Trey than it does for Chad. And I, I realistically, the way Chad was riding, I think he would probably have only gotten like a fifth or a sixth in that race. Yeah. Uh, yeah. At best. So you know. Add 15 or 16 points to him, and I think that's a best-case scenario. Um, and he's still but obviously still, way, way out of it. But, it puts man, him in we're fourth. only halfway through this thing. Right. Puts him in fourth. It's, it's legit. Um, yeah. Very uncharacteristic of Kenny Roxon. Three huge uh, crashes, uh, Oakland and then the two in Atlanta. Um, man, I just didn't think we'd see that from him. Like, is he kind of coming apart here a little bit? And now – Let's take a look at, at Roxon. He probably never really worried too much about Dunge, even when he was trailing Dunge going into Atlanta. Like, ah, I got this, you know what I mean? No problem, whatever. Uh, now, his, just like the Stewart years, like his margin of error is shrinking here, and it is so weird to see Kenny throwing it away like that. I mean, we all talked before the season about how calm and steady he is. It is weird. Uh, you know, there's a lot of things going on, and I'm thinking about writing a column about this because – if you look at how much change Ken Roxon has gone through in the past year, it's shocking. Uh, he's changed trainers. He's changed teams. He's changed motorcycles. He's even changed girlfriends. I mean, everything about it, other than maybe his agent and you know his core group of friends, I would think, and his parents, everything else is different. Everything. The bike, team the people around him as far as, you know, technicians, uh, all that stuff. His core, you know, group is just different, different group of people. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know that that's a factor, but also too, it has to be at some level, right? He, he, you know, I don't think that maybe that's not making the difference, but it's got to be in there somewhere. If everything you're doing is different. Well, you, you forgot one. He didn't change dads, but in a way he got his dad back in his life. Working with him right. again, which yeah, I'm and I don't s- think that's a negative. No, no, but no, but it's, it's a change. It's a change. It's different, yes, absolutely. It's a change. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, you're right about that. And also, too, um, let's another thing he changed. He signed new contracts. Lots of money coming in. Again, yep. not a not a negative or positive, but a change, a different yeah, lifestyle. Different. Now. Everything's yeah. different. A so, lot of change going on in in one year. Yep. To be the same exact guy and expect the same exact result. 
You expect this weekend, Atlanta, too, you expect a little more out of Josh Grant, huh? I do. Uh, Chad Reed has this, this track. It's almost identical. They, they made a couple changes um, to it just because he wanted it a little bit different. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's basically the same. Uh, so, and Josh Grant's been there all week, so he's got plenty of laps on this track already. And I, I've been in this situation. You know, I was lucky enough to ride with Chad and Timmy for so many years, and they would always kind of take tracks from the track maps and build them. Mm-hmm. So the week coming in to you know, a race like this, you felt comfortable. There was, a, there was an air of confidence because you knew what to expect. You knew what the track was like. You have more time on this track than anyone else can. So it certainly helps your psyche. Uh, I would think it'll help your speed on some level just because your your muscle memory is going to be so good out there that, you know, once you get kind of in the groove of it, you're going to be like, okay, well, you know, right, left, on, off, triple, I, I got right, this. Like, right. this is what I do lap after lap after lap. And I know you've been around us in our training mode. We just pound out laps until, you know, it's just like breathing. You know, you mm-hmm. just do lap after lap after lap. So I think it'll help. I do. I think Josh Grant will benefit. I think Chad will benefit. It's just how much. You know, that that's the big question. How much do you think riding press day helps? Uh, today we see Muscan and uh, Ryan Dungey, and it looks like Davalos is there too. Uh, how much does press day help? It depends. Um, you know, a lot of times it it depends on how much of the track they have built. Oh, and no. Then 2015, right. 2015 is the new track. They have the whole track. Right, built, right. Yeah. Um, but they have, you know, with the, with the stadium being the same, with the dirt already being in there, I would assume the whole track's done. Mm-hmm. That if they allow them to ride the whole track, it helps a lot. Right, it does. It's you know it's it's almost better than what Chad and those guys are doing because it's actually the stadium and the same dirt and all those kinds of things. And and of course you don't get the same amount of time that Chad's put in on it. But man, when you go out there Saturday morning, you're just like, okay, let's get it on. I'm ready. Mm-hmm. You know, I've already got this track dialed. First lap, you can, and you can watch guys. You can see who rode press day because they're just they're racing around the track within two oh, laps. Yeah, yeah. No, you can definitely tell. Usually uh, you're like, oh, that guy did press day. Yeah, yeah, yeah obviously. Uh, all yeah, right. for sure. Yeah. So it helps, definitely. Uh, Hobo Nick, what's up? Welcome to the show. Hey, what's up, guys? Um, you guys were just talking about Reed starts a little bit, mm-hmm. and uh, I had a question about that. I was listening on Monday to the show, and he was saying that he generally likes to be in the top ten in qualifying, and, you know, with the top ten, he's sort of comfortable. Um, so in the top ten, he'd obviously get, you know, at least – fifth gate pick or better yep um so my questions on that uh if you're a top guy like reed or dungy or these guys um do you ever find a start like a, the track layout that starts a lot different where you really want to be in like second or third gate pick so you'll you'll sort of gear your practice speed a little bit uh, faster to try to get it a better gate and uh and if that does happen what type of starts are you know where three gates are are good or what type of starts are you know expanded to like 10 gates are good i will say this i'll let jt answer most of that because that's his his expertise but i will say this the starts have been uh more fair fairer fairer or more fair what would be the correct fairer Uh, i would say more fair more fair in the last few years than they were back in the day there was some starts back in the day jt when, when i was a mechanic and you were a privateer where you were just, forget it. You had zero chance if you were on one side of the box or the other. Um, so they've been doing a better job of that, of trying to make more gates uh, be the one, be okay. So Well, and just to expand upon your, your thought before I answer Nick, I've had starting gates where in front of my gate was a berm. 
<laughs> Literally. Yeah. I couldn't even go straight. Like, I had to either jump the berm or angle sideways. Or, to t- or a tough block. Sometimes there's a tough block there, too. Yeah. 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 I mean, it, absolutely ridiculous. And this was 15 years ago, but yeah. it happened. Right. Uh, they're much better about that now. But on the starting gate thing, uh, Ricky Carmichael has a saying, um, and I, I used to apply it to my racing when I had the opportunity. <clears throat> he would always say condition over position. And basically what that means is the, your gate traction and the hole, basically the rut and the hole in front of the gate is the most important aspect of the start, bar none. It's more important than where you're starting or outside, inside, any of that. Because if you can come out, ideally, just, and just rock it out of there with good traction and you know, clutch release and all that, not hit a hole, not get in sideways in the rut, you can come from anywhere. And he, he firmly believed that. So if he was worried about a gate that was six gates outside of where he would love to be, if that gate was perfect and the inside gate wasn't good, he was going outside. Uh, so I think it, it comes down to the dirt, too. You know, when we've seen, uh, like this weekend, it's really, really hard packed. So what you'll find is you'll find some gates that have a lot of traction and some that are just concrete. And it's the prep and just how the water got applied and how they got graded in and all that kind of weird stuff. But I've been in gates, you know, I'll look down the line and I'll see guys in the factory guys and they'll have just perfect traction. And then I'll be on the outside and it literally is like starting on a freeway. You know, there's literally not even any dirt. It's just rubber down on the, on the hardback because there's no dirt left. Mm-hmm. So it can be that way or it could be like an Oakland situation where it's really, really soft in front of the gate and there's huge holes. So you're just trying to find, like, they'll just go to the gate that doesn't have a hole in it. And you're almost guaranteed a good start in that situation because everybody jumps out of the gate, drops into the hole, re-clutches, then tries to get going again. Like, it's just a mess. So there's a lot to it. Um, and that, you know, it makes getting a, a good qualifying position both out of time qualifying and in your heat race really important. There you go, Nick. Is that is that something that the teams really emphasize? Uh, during uh, you know pre pre race, do they really take a lot of time and study the, the starts and stuff like you were just talking about, or is it something um, generally? It depends. It depends. It's, it varies. You know, Larry Brooks was really really big on it when he was like with McGrath and Reed and Stewart and all these champion guys. He would go down there and study every single gate. Tony Alessi is another one that is just obsessed with this. He goes down there and will look and mess with the dirt and see what it's like underneath the dirt and because that's they understand the importance of the start. Uh, so, you know, I think it varies from rider to rider to team to team. But if you're not paying attention to that type of stuff and you don't think it's important, uh, you're, it's just at your own peril, really. Cool. All right. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Nick. All right. Thank you. Um, Fly Race and Moto 60 Show presented by NFAB. Rory, what's going on, man? Hey. I'm a big fan of the show, guys. Thank you. I was calling to see which uh, – which MotoGP do you think you'll go to this year? Uh, MotoGP or MXGP? <laughs> yeah, sorry, MXGP. You big road race okay. fan? I, I'm Rory. going to both. Just wanted to ask. Yeah, well, so what you're going to? Well, which one are you going to, JT? Of the MotoGP? MotoGP Austin. for sure, Austin, because that's in a few weeks, uh, and then I'd like to make it to maybe Indy uh, and for maybe one in Europe too. MXGP, I'm waiting on Mathis. Mathis is really waffling on me. We were definitely going. Now he's, you know, he's all upset because RV won't talk to him. So now he's not going. Uh, but if he says we're going to state, I'm going. Yeah, let me spend thousands of dollars to go to a GP to have RV not even give me an interview. Well, 
You like, know what? That's between you and RV. All you got to uh, do is, you know, I'm just work saying. on your relationship a little bit. What? Put some time in. You know, Valentine's Day just passed. Maybe you didn't get a hold of them on Valentine's Day. There's also this little thing I do called the, the American National Series where I cover for RacerX Online and Pulpamex. And uh, there's only one that doesn't conflict, I believe. So, Lucas seems, Oil's pro motocross champion by Fire Racing. He would go all the way over there and he wouldn't, uh, he wouldn't give you an interview. Well, it does, doesn't it? Rory. That yes. would not happen. Thanks for your you call. You know it and I know it. Thanks for your call. So, well, if I, if I was going to buy a ticket, which, which event should I go over for? Well, if you listen to the uh, RacerX podcast I did with one Adam Wheeler, I asked him that exact same question. Which well, GP should yeah, Americans... Vulcan, Vulcan Sward is like a... Uh, is that how you pronounce that? Vulcan yeah. Sward. Yeah. 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 Is that, you said that one's not very good viewing. Big sandbox. Yeah. His pick was Majora, Matterly Basin. Um, what else did he say? Uh, he said, uh, I think he, he said, said, obviously, Lomo and Vulcan Sward are kind of, you know, bucket list type stuff. Did he say Lockett? Viewing sucks there. I think he I've said Lockett, there. didn't he? No, that was the one I was, I uh, was okay. recommending for us. All right. All right. Well, whatever. All right, thanks, thanks, Rory. So you guys, so you guys aren't going to a race then? We're not going. No. Wow. He's not going. That's I may still go. That's disappointing to hear. Which he's, one are you going to go to, JT? These colors don't run. Yeah, I think uh, you know. I think Majora was a really good one to pick. Um, you know, he, obviously he's going to be super Cairoli. Uh, everyone's going to be cheering for Cairoli there, but I think that's a good one. Italy in the summer is pretty awesome. I have a lot of friends in Germany that'll be at Lockett, so maybe that one. I would say Twitchenthal, but I've already been to that one for the Motocross of Nations. But uh, I don't know. It's it's really schedule dependent. Um, and then I, I wouldn't go to the sand ones because I actually want to see. But it's it's tough to say. Um, you know, the there's so many that I haven't been to that you could make a case for. Um, I don't really think you can go wrong. It's just. What makes sense in, for me? It's the biggest thing is schedule. So, if you've ever wanted to go somewhere, I would just pick that and, and run with it. You're not going to be disappointed. All right. Thanks. One uh, one more question. So I'm a I'm a big bicycle rider. Um, how's this How's this so fly that, This fly cycling stuff. How's that stuff work out? It's awesome. Uh, you know, we're it's it's a new project for us. Relatively, uh, we've only had it you know for a year or so. Uh, but our stuff's really really good. Um, the Western Power Sports national sales manager so he oversees um you know the rest of the complete western power sports distributed brands he's a he's a mountain bike nut i mean that's he lives and breathes mountain bikes so he's been driving this this uh mountain bike division and he i just knew when he started it, i'm like well that stuff's gonna be awesome because i knew he wouldn't settle for anything else and that's kind of how it's turned out it's just our stuff's really really nice so I'm happy with it. Um, it's just uh, something that we're taking step by step to get it up to where it needs to be. So, is it tailored more for mountain biking or also road biking? Or, I mean, I also have a unicycle. So, <laughs> all right, thanks, well, thanks, Rory from Spokane. Appreciate. Yeah, it. Rory's. Uh, Rory seems like he knows a little bit too much. Yeah, I agree. Fly Race and Moto 60 show. JT, thanks, man. I appreciate it. Uh, thanks for coming on. Uh, looking forward to Atlanta too. This weekend, uh, no reason to get rid of that dome. It's beautiful, and I uh, can't wait to visit it again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, let's uh, let's see what happens, man. I, I, I'm I'm interested to see Reed and Grant and um, and how they do with um, uh, the track track layout. Could be key. You're absolutely right. So yep, we'll see. All right, thanks, man. All right, see you. Fly racing, brand new Spectre boot, everybody. That's right. Uh, 
great new uh, addition to the Fly Racing line, high-end premium boot. They've got that thing out, and they've got the uh, lightweight racing apparel called the Light Hydrogen Gear. And uh, Shorty and, and uh, Kennard have uh, have um, developed this and are, made R&D'd it and everything else. FlyRacing.com. Social media at Fly Racing USA. We are giving away Fly Mountain Bike jersey and shorts. Uh, what you have to do is email contest at com. Give us your prediction on where you think Andrew Short will finish this weekend in Atlanta 2. And the closest guy or the exact guy who emails the the, the soonest will uh, will win this kit from uh, from um, uh, Fly Racing. That's right. They've got a lot of uh, good stuff down there. And, of course, NFAB, dress up your Jeep, truck, or SUV with the hottest-looking Hardest working accessories from NFAB, N-Fab.com. We heard that call earlier talk about how he ordered up some uh, steps for his new truck and had them on his Tundra. So thanks to the guys at NFAB for uh, for coming on. Let's move right into our next guest, talk a little bit more 250s, Atlanta 2. Also, uh, he's RacerX Online uh, editor, my boss, Jason Wygant. What's up? Does NFAB make bars for your Jeep as well? Yes, they do. You oh. you have spoken about trying to get products for your orange Jeep, but I don't know if it's ever happened. I, I've not asked, but I'm slowly coming around. I did get some uh, fly kit, so I'm starting to warm to all your sponsors as long as they give me stuff for free. Right, right. Of course, we know uh, we know Fly Racing's model. Do we not? Uh, apparently, I got a box in the mail, so they will sponsor anyone. <laughs> they will. 702-586-7857. Got a question for myself or Jason Wygant. Atlanta 2 this weekend. We, um, I asked JT this question. I'll ask you, too. What do you expect to see from the crowd? More? Less? The same? What do you think? Uh, yeah, I'm a little worried because uh, I thought, I mean, this is all rudimentary guessing, but I figured that first crowd would be bigger than the second, just in general. That's mm-hmm. the way you would normally be, right? Yeah, I would People think so. People are excited they go to the first one. The weather was bad last week, but it's actually even worse in this area of the country this week. Uh, they will be competing with, like, 19 different NASCAR races over a three-day weekend down there, mm-hmm. about half hour away. So, oh, man, it's going to be tough. Someone said, hey, does Reed's win maybe boost the crowd? Maybe a little bit, but I've never subscribed to the fact that the points or the races or who's winning has a huge impact on the crowd. Not huge enough to, you know, it's not going to go from thirty to 60,000 just because Chad Reed won. No, I, would, that way. I wouldn't think so, right? No, I mean, it could help, but uh, there's a lot. The, the weather, the NASCAR thing, the being the second of two, uh-oh, that could be tough. Yeah, yeah, I know, absolutely. So um, it should be, yeah, it should be interesting to see what goes on. At least maybe some NASCAR drivers yeah. will be at the race. So that that part will be good, I guess. Yeah, yeah, I think so. You know what? I, I think I can't explain how much of an impact the weather here has had. Like, I have snow in my front yard. That's not supposed to happen when you live in the southeast. People freak out. They panic. They don't know how to handle it. I think if the crowd is bad at both these Atlantas, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they're like, all right. They might already have it locked in. I don't think they're going to abandon this experiment in one year. It's, you don't, it's amazing okay. what a difference yeah. one inch of snow makes to people in this area of the country. They don't go anywhere. <laughs> they just freak out. Um, yeah. Hey, uh, uh, looking ahead to the 250 class a little bit, Jeremy Martin uh, won, obviously, Atlanta. Rode great. Nice four-way battle. Although, like to me, Davalos kind of gave up that race, and Bogle, I thought, gave up that race a little bit. And Martin was there to take it. And uh, Marvin Muscan himself made so many mistakes and still got second. I mean, is there any reason to think that our preseason pick of Muscan and Muscan's dominance in Dallas is any sort of, you know, not going to happen again? I mean, is this 
are these three guys going to step up and, and run with Marvin, or was it just a case that you think of Marvin having a bad weekend? Nope. I think they're definitely going to run with him. I don't see how Martin can go from sixth to first past all those guys and have his <laughs> 250 national championship in this gear bag. And I think, ah, eh. Like, this is legit. Like, the only question on Martin was, I think we all thought there's a chance that he's just much better outdoors than Supercross. Mm-hmm. But all it takes is one win like that for you to say, oh, well, maybe he's not. So, I mean, I know that apparently Marvin had a bad race, but he did beat him. So I don't see why you could possibly write it off. The guy is a 250 national champ. Mm -hmm. This is not an overnight sensation. This is not a fluke, I don't think. I think it's going to be darn good. As for Davalos and Bogle, I'm not sure yet, but I think it'd be ridiculous to say that Martin didn't just make himself as strong a pick. That's Moose Can. It's not what I expected, right. but now that I've seen it, I can't really argue it. Yeah, you know his fitness is on point because at the end of the race, he was still uh, doing some good laps and coming up from the back. You know what I mean? Uh, not back, but further back than those right. other guys. So, uh, Yeah, and you know, yeah. I know that Davalos and Bogle, you know, they had the lead, so that means they kind of blew it. But I think that's the nature of when you have a close race between four guys and they're battling, that's just going to happen no matter who it is. Like, if you're under unbelievable pressure from three guys, there's a chance that you're going to get tight or a chance you're going to get tired because you're pushing as hard as you possibly can and dealing with pressure. Like, that's just part of racing. I don't know if, you know, I, if you put Bogle under pressure from Muscan and uh, Martin like that a hundred times, the same thing could happen a hundred times. That's just mm-hmm. what happens when you have two really fast guys right on you. Are you on or off the Tonus bandwagon? Or do you have one foot off like I do, ready to, ready to leap off? Yeah, I'm um, where you are. I, I, I mean, it's only two races. I can't give up. But yeah. I know that he was down. He was down on the first lap. Yeah, he, correct. He, yeah, he tagged Savachi in the first lap, and, and, and he was like sixth or seventh. So Yeah, so the result, whatever. You know, getting back to the top ten sounds okay considering that. But it was more, if you saw him ride in Dallas, you could just say, whoa, we've got something here. And you saw him ride here, maybe not. And what I'm afraid might be happening to some of these guys is Bogle rode better, Davalos was better, Martin was better. They were all better mm-hmm. in the second race. You might have been dealing with a situation just like what happens in Anaheim 1. A couple guys are tight, the setup is off, they're not quite right. Some guy that happens to just be on improves because those other guys were bad, and then they get back to where they normally would be, Right. and now he's got to deal with it. Maybe it's, you know, hey, Jason Anderson got second at the opener. He's not riding bad now, but everybody else got better. Right. That could be the problem. Yep. 702-586-PULP. Uh, give us a call if you have a question. We've got a few phone lines open. Jason Wygant on the line talking about Atlanta, too. Uh, top five. I know we just spoke about Tonus. Top five from Atlanta in 250 class. Martin, Muscan, Bogle, Davlo, Savachi. That's kind of my top five going forward from here in some order, right? I mean, you know, we just spoke about Tonus getting in there and, and maybe maybe A-Rod or, or Hampshire when he gets better, but those are the, my five guys right now. Yeah, and uh, Savaji is really the question mark now because when you saw those four guys battling, I think people were starting to easily think, okay, well, this is where we're at. These are the big four, so to speak. These are the guys that can win races. But Savaji, I don't think we can say that yet, that he's out of that group. You know, he was good at the first one. He started way back this time. I think there's definitely a chance that he's as good as those other guys, or could at least be in the mix um, if he had a, had a start with them. Everybody else, I mean, I think Freeze and Lemoyne, they're really good. They're the best of the, you know, non-traditional factory guys. 
but I don't know if there's anybody else in there that's going to mess around. But I would definitely not count Savaji out of uh, being a contender. Yeah, so far the four of those guys uh, have made the top four or made the top five in both races uh, that we've had this year, and um, the only Davalos. Yeah, and yeah, Lemoyne and uh, Lemoyne and Freeze were pretty much the next guys in both. So I think you're already yeah. seeing the, the natural order of things. Yeah, yeah I believe so too. Yeah. Uh, Lemoyne is riding well. He is always a risky pick in fantasy moto, and he's got a lot of DNFs and crashes. But through two rounds, like even in the practices, you don't see Lemoyne on the ground. No, uh, it's. I'm very worried because I feel like every year everyone says, "Look out! Here comes your dark horse." And there's no doubt he's a great dark horse pick. Like he is totally capable of podiums at any time, multiple podiums. But he's also capable of just wrecking you. Um, <laughs> So I'm just so hesitant to jump on board. But I feel like this was maybe the first time that we've seen back-to-back. Like, he was pretty much the same both weekends, the same amount of solidity. Yeah, so maybe hey, this is uh, turning a corner here. He was going to pass Davalos for fourth. He was all over him, and Martin was going backwards until uh, till he made a mistake of going to the finish line. So it was uh, – Yeah, I'm starting to be convinced that this is, this is uh, sustainable. And speaking of convinced, uh, we're all there on freeze, right? I mean, this is now third year in a row. Yeah, and, uh, you know, at first it was hard to, to wrap it up because he, you know, let's be honest, the first year took it the East 2013, uh, maybe not the deepest field ever. <laughs> really? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. then last year, honestly, with a lot of injuries, I mean, all three pro circuit guys went out, it turned out the same way. Right. So... I think it just took a little longer to realize that this is pretty darn legit, regardless of who he's racing. And when he gets on a 450, he's no such either. So I think we know this is really his deal. He's this good. Yeah. Speaking of guys who are not good so far, you can always count on Jimmy D to do something. I've written this and spoken about this, but he's off to a rough start. Right. And when we talk about that Freezy and uh, Lemoyne group, like he would be one of the guys you would think, okay, okay, they're they're not able to beat the factory guys, but what? of their peers are they finishing ahead of. That's a perfect example. Yeah. He had that little flash, little flash for one straightaway of a heat race. <laughs> he did, yeah. Uh, in Atlanta. He flew yeah. out, but came out know, of nowhere, yeah. Classic thing. Yeah, this is a classic thing with, uh, with a guy like Jimmy D, and it happens all the time. You get a guy who's definitely fast, he kind of admits that training isn't his thing, and then everyone just theorizes, oh, if he would just get in shape, everything would change. Mm-hmm. But some guys... They, they work better under those conditions. I've heard people say that old Ron Lachine, if he buckled down, he would lose part of the, the looseness and the carefreeness and the, the riding style that makes him what he is. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure if you could just take a guy like Jimmy, get him in better shape, and not lose something else, if that makes any sense. But I think it's borne out a lot. Jimmy has lost his magic. Yeah, yeah, I'm not sure. Like, I, like I'm saying in the Lachine case, yeah. Part of his brilliance, they said, was he knew he wasn't in good shape, so he'd figure out better ways to ride and better lines and ways to conserve energy that made him go fast. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if you can just add fitness to a guy and keep everything else. Um, and I think that might be what's happening in Jimmy's. Training harder, trying harder, more pressure, less fun, all that. We spoke about uh, Anthony Rodriguez with JT a little bit, and uh, he thinks that A-Rod could make a podium. He says he's got the skills. What do you think? You know, he looks good when you watch him ride, but I'm still not sure. This At this point, at least, with no one really being hurt, it feels pretty tough. Um, you know, I'm not sure if any of that top six, if he's 
straight up better than any of the top six that we saw there from, or even seven that we saw in Atlanta too. So mm-hmm. who's he going to have to beat? And even when he was in third there early in uh, Dallas, I mean, he was in third, but they were all <laughs> over him. Yeah, they um, were. Yeah, and now that's his first race in a long time. He really only raced a handful of pro events altogether, so you think it'll get better, but I think it's going to take the field maybe thinning out a little bit for him to get in there. But th- that's that's how the game works. That's how you get your confidence, right? You get a couple of lucky mm-hmm. breaks, and then you start believing you can do it for real, and then you start doing it no matter who's there. Look, he uh, he's fist-pumped and did a knack-knack for winning the LCQ. Can you imagine what he would do if he, won, if he won, got on a podium? Oh, my God. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Well, it's still on a win, though. It'll only be a third. He's celebrating any win he can get. I guess. I, I guess so. Hey, let's move to four for these a little bit here uh, while we uh, on, while we have some time left on the Fly Race and Moto 60 show presented by NFAB. Filthy sure. fil- uh, did you go to the JGR shop this week? Uh, yes, I was there on Monday. What's the talk about Filthy Phil? What are they saying? What are they thinking? He's the the positive is that he's been good. He's been fast. He's been keeping it under control. The negatives are that he's given up a top ten and late in the race in the last two weeks. Yeah, and I think they're just. I understand that you want to put you know difficult goals out there to try to convince the guy to reach him. I think they said their goal for Pike and and uh, Nicoletti were a fifth and a tenth, and they got a fifth and eleventh, right? Mm-hmm. So they're like, ah, oh, we almost made it. But I feel like if you have filthy Phil, a replacement rider. Again, the field isn't totally destroyed by injuries or anything at this point. Mm-hmm. I feel like when he gets an 11th, I don't care if it's a whole shot to 11th like it almost was, you've got to just pat him on the back and say that was awesome. <laughs> I, I, to me, it would be ridiculous to say, ah, oh, you were one position away from being good. 11th is really, really good yeah. for him, I think. But I still heard some nitpicking, like, oh, if the first couple laps, if he'd been better then, what would have happened? Like, right. dude, right. pat him on the back. 11th is great. Yeah. And Pike, holy crap, this Pike story. The guy's uh, he's beaten down. He's got a screw in his foot. Now he's got a torn MCL and uh, ran second for a while. Fin- ended up fifth. Uh, uh, this guy's rise to, to prominence has been amazing. I'm, I'm almost now more curious to watch Pike ride than anything else that happened. <laughs> because it's the most unpredictable thing, I think, in the game right now. We literally don't know. If he gets, you know, a couple races, 20 laps under his belt, gets his fitness back. I think he got screwed this week because it snowed here. He was actually here all week, and there wasn't any riding going on except for press day today. So that didn't help. But point being, you know, we know when you got Dungey and Roxanne and Tomac and all those guys, you know what they're capable of doing. They're podium guys. They're guys that can win a race. But is Pike? We literally don't know. Like, it's definitely possible. Yeah. But we, we just don't know. Like, it is so exciting to have a guy where you can basically take everything we've seen in the past and just throw it away because he's improving so rapidly. Like, I don't know, does Pike win a race at some point in his career now? Is that in play? Does po- or po- podiums definitely are, right? I like, mean, this is all potentially possible. Adam Entenapp on the Pulp Show said he will win a race before the end of next year. He stamped it, too, which, you know. Well, that's my point. Like, right. That still, even now, that still seems a little far-fetched, but... I don't know if it is, because the way he keeps improving, <laughs> yeah. it's, it, nuts. it's not. And I don't know any other rider we can think of that's that unpredictable. I, I said on the uh, – I said Jeff, Jeff Stanton. I don't know where I said this. I said Jeff, he reminds me a bit of Jeff Stanton, the improvement. And kind of – I mean, Stanton, when he came on, you know, I mean, he's 
he was an eighth to twelfth place guy his first year at Yamaha, you know, factory Yamaha, and then kind of worked his way up and then got on a Honda and won the Supercross title. But that might be a little bit more of a rise, but that's what it reminds me of a little bit. No one picked Jeff well, Stanton. Yeah, as but a f- I, I'll say that Pike Steele, okay, yes, it is more of a rise because Stanton went on to be the best rider in the sport and win the title. Yeah. However, I think Stanton, before that, uh, people underrate how good he was. Like, he actually won some titles at Loretta's. When he was getting 8th to 12th, you said the key words. He was already a factory Yamaha rider. You know, mm-hmm. people knew already that this guy had potential to be good. And yeah. then Honda picked him up, at least according to RJ. RJ said, this is the guy I want. This guy is going to be good. I believe in what he has. No one was saying that about Pike. He did not have a factory ride straight at amateurs. Uh, the greatest champion in the sport at the time was not saying, factory Honda, this is your guy. <laughs> so I almost feel like it's more of a rise, even though he hasn't reached that in success. Mm-hmm. It's more out of nowhere. That's possible. You uh, you spoke with the injured Justin Barsha too uh, at Atlanta. I saw you did an interview this week on Racer X Online. How was that? What do you have to say? How, what is what's he what's he looking at coming back? Uh, I think Daytona right now is the plan, but I don't think he's ridden yet. I hadn't ridden at the time, mm-hmm. so they're not a hundred percent sure. It could be maybe worth Indy is the one after Daytona. I yep. say it's right in there. Right. One of those two. What surprised me was the first time all year I, I really just asked Barsha point blank. I'm like, okay. Has this been good or has this been bad? And he said, as you saw in the interview, his speed, he was not worried about his speed at all. He knows how to ride a dirt bike fast. He would have been in there battling with these dudes. Not even a question in his mind. Didn't lose any confidence, nothing. So, mm. you know, more power to him, but I feel like those are somewhat bold words. Like, <laughs> with, that's awesome that he thinks that, and he definitely has past success to back that up. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't awesome the first couple of races. It just wasn't. What if he comes back and Pike starts beating him? Which could happen, could very much happen. I, I know, and a lot of people are throwing that out there, but you know what? It's one of those things where we are, I mean, absolutely singing the praises of Pike. I just said that he's one of the most exciting things to watch any weekend. But he's still getting fifth and sixth, which if you're Barsha and you're getting fifth and sixth, you are furious. You know? So I don't know if they've intersected quite to the degree yeah. uh, that, it, that it appears. Right. Um, they really only raced, what, two times? And Barsha caught him from the back of Anaheim 1. He definitely didn't catch him in Phoenix. But I'm not, I'm not sure yet mm-hmm. if, if Pike's gone that far. But Pike keeps improving like 10% a weekend the way it's going. Right. He might beat everybody before long. I don't know if you got a chance to look at the track map for, Anna, for Atlanta too. But uh, not much passing opportunities. Real short, short starts, uh, short straights. Uh, a start that goes the width of the stadium, not the length. And uh, over Underbridge, which is you know incredibly awesome. But it is going to be tight, man. Yeah, but uh, I did see it, and I even saw a photo of the build um, today. You know, it's like three quarters built. Mm-hmm. Um, there were a couple tracks earlier this year that were tight. Phoenix was exceptionally tight, and dudes were exhausted. By the end of that main event, like it really tired the guys out. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you you have to make jumps out of corners, so you got to seat bounce really hard. You're constantly turning. Uh, I, I would say for most of these guys, if you're not hucking a huge rhythm, you know, go and say triple, triple, double down the length of the football field. It's yeah. probably not that taxing for them. Mm-hmm. I think these tight tracks tire guys out more, and uh, that leads to that itself almost leads to passing. Um, yeah. Dude, it's over. We're not. What is the track design that's going to lead itself to passing? I'm just. 
I'm sick of hearing it. I just can't take it anymore. I don't think you can blame the tracks. I think it's just the way the sport is, or the bikes are, the riders are. Like, wow. show me the track that offers up passing. Uh, wow. There's does, that. There's that. Does it exist? And then there's Trey Kennard coming from 10th or 11th at Oakland and in, and in the Anaheim where he's just like, yeah, I passed. I made a lot of passes. I had no problems getting around guys, you know. So. Yeah, and, and, and we've definitely seen the opposite of that. There's no doubt. I mean, we've said it over and over. This is a year where, you know, if Cole Seeley gets the whole shot in the heat, he wins it no matter who's in the heat race, you know. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of guys that can win. But I don't know. I think the tracks have just become a scapegoat. Until someone shows me the track that does offer up a ton of passing, it seems unfair to say every week it's the track's fault that there isn't a ton of passing. What do we need? What is it? More over under bridges. Perhaps. Well, we'll see you this weekend. Right. Uh, RacerX yep. Online's Jason Wygant. Thanks, Weege. I appreciate you uh, joining us. You're driving to Atlanta, of course, as usual. You'll be there tomorrow at some point, I guess. Uh, I'm trying to decide what I'm doing. Yeah, at, what point, at some point Friday night, uh, I'll be in town. What about you? Uh, yeah, I leave first thing in the morning. I get, get in around 5, so I'll be there then. Yeah, well, have to see. I, you know, I got to go to this NASCAR race on Sunday too. You realize that, right? No, I didn't know that. You know, the new career. Oh, yeah. helicopter! There will be a helicopter with a rope dropped into the uh, parking garage. Wow! The Georgia Dome. Wow! It will bring me over to the uh, racetrack. That's how I do it nowadays. Fantastic! Can't wait. Well, during my sit-down interview with with Jimmy, I'll, I'll ask him about you. So. Oh crap! He doesn't even know who I am. Damn it! <laughs> crap! All right. Thanks Check for coming on. Thanks, bud. All right, man. See ya. See ya. Fly Race and Moto 60 Show presented by NFAB. Uh, don't forget, uh, you want to win some Fly Mountain Bike jersey and shorts? Yeah. Email contest at pulpamexshow.com. Give us Andrew Short's finish this weekend in Atlanta, too. Closest guy will get the shorts and the jersey from, from uh, Fly Racing. Thanks to NFAB for giving up the tickets to Atlanta, too. Appreciate that. Great job. We'll be back next week. Talk about Daytona. Wait, Daytona? Yeah, Daytona. Next week. Tits, thank you. Appreciate it. You're welcome. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll see you next week.